0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Yoga in My School podcast. My name is Donna Freeman. I am the founder of Yoga in My School and the host of the podcast. Welcome today. Whether you're watching or listening or you've shared this with somebody and and you're new to the podcast or you're an listener for many, many years, um, we're going to be getting into mindful Hanukkah. And I've wanted to um, address this topic for a number of years. Um, I kind of like to get a whole series going of mindful ad- and mindfulness and faith um, basis and how those two things can work together. Um, but if you're just looking for, as, as we be get into the, the festive season here, if you're looking for some advice on how to spend some mindfulness and navigate the holidays, in um, in a mindful and centered way, you may go back in the archives, but way back to 2010. There is a really great interview called Zen Guide to the Holidays, and I remember um, doing that and and just being like really amazed at the the advice given in that particular episode. So you got to go through like way back in time, take your time machine and go back to 2010. Um, zen guide to the holidays and enjoy that for some other um, additional insights into how to be mindful in the holiday season in this festive season because there's a lot going on and I think um, we tend to put a lot of uh, pressure on ourselves in the holidays there's a lot of relationships to navigate there's uh, traditions and then maybe not doing traditions and how do we do that at, oh kind of a minefield (laughs) for many people and and then how do you find center and peace and the nourishment that the the holidays can bring and the joy and finding those those um those beautiful gifts to self and to others and that's kind of what i want to get into today with our episode we have on a great guest and she's volunteered to talk about hanukkah with me i'm so excited andrea creel is here and she is the founder of shining kids yoga um, and she's you're based out of D.C., yes? Yep, just outside Washington, D.C., uh-huh. Fantastic. And so tell us a little bit about yourself, Andrea, because you're new to me, and I'm well, I'm so excited to meet a new yoga friend from across the country.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, Donna, I'm so excited to be here with you and to be able to share a little bit about myself and about um, some practices of Mindful Hanukkah. So uh, again, I'm the founder of Shining Kids Yoga, uh, which is based in Maryland or just outside of Washington, D.C., and Shining Kids Yoga started in 2016, um, back when my son was a little bit younger. He was in elementary school, and I'd been teaching yoga for a while, but mostly adults, um, and wound up starting an after-school yoga class at his school, and it was really popular the kids loved it and the parents loved it because the kids were calmer and happier and more peaceful and uh, started expanding to more schools more after-school programs and shining kids yoga just kind of organically built from there um now i have about four different teachers and we teach at a number of different schools all the way from uh, daycares and preschools up through teens and tweens and um it's just been a really wonderful experience during the pandemic. uh, We did a lot of online classes, of course, um, and now we're doing a lot more in person again. So just navigating those different uh, modalities has been um, both a challenge and a blessing. Uh, It's always new things to explore and discover. And I'm just so happy to be here with you sharing a little bit about uh, Hanukkah and some practices uh, to do with kids or with adults uh, during this time.
0: Fantastic, thank you. And yeah, you know, I think everybody's really tried to navigate the last two years the best that they can. It's like absolutely just rolling with it, like whatever our local area is allowing us to do, we're 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 doing it and we're making it work. Um, so, welcome to the the wonderful world of adaptability, right? <laughs> it's like we're the number one skill of kids yoga teachers, flexibility. Yes. <laughs> All right, can you share maybe a little bit about how your faith background and how it impacts you as a kids yoga instructor? Absolutely.
1: So um, I will say of all the number of schools where I offer kids yoga, one of them is the uh, Edlovich uh, DC Jewish Community Center Preschool in Washington, DC. Um, so that's really given me a lot of opportunities to explore not just Hanukkah, uh, but the other Jewish holidays, Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot and Yom Kippur, those are all holidays that happen back uh, in the fall, September and October, and then Purim and Passover that happens in the spring. And finding ways to integrate and celebrate those Jewish traditions using yoga poses and songs and different practices and ways that especially uh, younger children can connect with those holidays and traditions through yoga.
0: Fantastic. I think that's really cool. I know I've, I've done through my uh, online training course, I've had a number of people uh, of Jewish background. Um, take the course, and then they, they talk about how they've done similar things in their local communities and how excited they are to be able to combine kids yoga and, uh, and their Jewish faith and the holidays and all of that. And I, and I always am so excited when I hear that, when people are taking um, practices and making them their own in their own um, faith and culture and, and sharing them in a way that really appeals to people. And and communicates and shares the benefits. Um, I think I think that's really important that we are authentic that way in bringing all of ourselves into our practice. All right. So Hanukkah is right around the corner, um, mm-hmm. and this is this episode will probably be published on the first day of Hanukkah this year, which is November twenty eighth, and it mm-hmm. runs to December sixth. So it's it's quite a lengthy holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so can you, for those of the community who's listening and aren't really sure just what Hanukkah is, like, I don't know, there's these candles, uh, something, there's a dreidel song. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, for, for anybody who's not familiar with what Hanukkah is, can you explain the holiday and and what happens during the festival?
1: Sure, absolutely. So Hanukkah, um, as you mentioned, happens it usually happens sometime in December. Uh, this year, it starts a little early, the end of November. So the Hebrew calendar is actually a lunar calendar. So it follows the cycles of the moon, sort of similar to uh, like the Chinese calendar. And you think about Chinese New Year, right? It can sometimes be on different days. Um, and so Hanukkah lasts for eight days or eight nights. Uh, Jewish holidays tend to start at sundown. Um, and this particular holiday, Celebrates um, what I would call not well, <laughs> what many would call a miracle, because um, it takes place. The story of Hanukkah takes place uh, at the end of a war. Uh, the um, Judah and the Maccabees, or the name of this, also call them a group, right? The group of people uh, who were fighting a war against oppression, and then. Uh, The kind of the end or the main part really of this story is they go back to the temple and they find uh, that there's only enough oil to light a lamp for one night Um, but somehow miraculously they light it and it lasts for eight nights right so Hanukkah is considered the festival of lights Um, and there's of course in the yoga tradition and uh, you know thinking about in India there's Diwali which is also a festival of lights and um Hanukkah takes place around the winter solstice right so we can think about all these different traditions um this idea of light and miracles and faith right like you would not think that uh you know if you have enough light or enough oil for something to last one night and then it lasts eight nights and so um there's a saying uh, related to Hanukkah that says a, a great miracle happened here, a great thing happened here. Um, so that in a nutshell is the story of Hanukkah. There's a, you know, a few more details, but um, that sort of gives you a good idea of the story and where it comes from and a little bit of the traditions. Of course, um, even people who are not Jewish have probably seen the menorah. Sometimes it's called a Hanukiah; It's another name for it. I think they're actually a little bit different, but uh, close enough to each other. They look very similar. And so each night on Hanukkah, uh, we light one of the candles. Um, and so every night it's, you know, a little more and a little brighter. And so it symbolizes uh, both that miracle and the light returning. Um, so uh, there is a special candle in the middle. And so we always light uh, the menorah with that special candle. So when we think about um in all of these different traditions, right? In the yoga tradition and the Jewish tradition and in many religious and spiritual traditions, having those sort of rituals and sacred symbols um, that we can look to. So that's a little bit about Hanukkah.
0: (laughs) I love it. Um, Actually, I um, was gifted a menorah many years ago and, and, uh, and, and, and love the symbolism of the candles and the miracle. Of, of sharing that light and, and it mm-hmm. lasting. And, and like you say, as you light the one candle and then it goes, and then it, like, it continues to spread. And mm-hmm. like, like so much beautiful symbolism there about how we can share our light with others and things like that. And, exactly. And be drawn to the light, et cetera, and how it chases away the darkness. Like really, really lovely touching um, beauty in, in those symbols. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming that in your family, you do these practices, but are, are there any things in particular that is as a family that you do, uh, that you can kind of say, so I use this as this is the faith practice. And then this is the mindfulness aspect of that practice because yes. and, And sometimes, and those overlap, I, I, I totally understand that those overlap, that prayer can be seen as a meditation and, and things like that. But where, how do you... How have you used your mindfulness tools to supplement Hanukkah and, and vice versa? Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. So I will say when I was hearing the question, it made me think about, uh, so on Hanukkah, one of the things we do is make potato latkes, like potato pancakes. And I don't know if you've ever done this or, you know, it's sort of similar to making hash browns, they're basically hash browns. Um, uh, you know, in a kind of particular way, but there's just this idea of, uh, you know, it kind of takes a long time because you have to grate the potatoes and it's a very repetitive thing. And, you know, and especially if you're doing this with lots of people, there's lots of potatoes. And so, but this idea of like this action that can bring us back to the present moment. And so, you know, something as simple as that grating and like just really being present um, for that, I think is just a really simple way to bring mindfulness into Hanukkah, you know, really into anything. Cause you think about these different things that we might do on a holiday and, you know, you could do it when you're cooking dinner for your family in the kitchen and cutting up carrots or whatever it is, everything translates. And so, um, you know, that's something that we can do every day. It doesn't have to be on Hanukkah and it doesn't have to be with the grating, the potatoes. Um, not specifically about Hanukkah, but in general, um, at home with my son, we do a gratitude practice, which I think is a really nice thing that you can do, particularly on holidays. But again, um, every day, we uh, used to actually have a, a dry erase board, and so we would write all the things we were grateful for. And when my son was younger, we would actually have a competition to see who who can come up with the most things they're grateful for. Because especially with kids, right? Like having a little bit. I say gamifying um, things is nice, and I do that a lot in my yoga teaching with kids, too. There's so many games, including a game that I created for Hanukkah, but other games, too, just finding ways to engage uh, kids in the practice of yoga and gratitude and mindfulness um, in the ways that, you know, meeting people where they are.
0: And for kids, I feel like that's games and stories. All right, now I'm totally intrigued what's your game. <laughs> you you can't game do time? that and not <laughs> share share the Hanukkah game now.
1: <laughs> I will share the Hanukkah game. Um and I will say yes, games are my thing. So, I have games for ev- every occasion, yoga games. So, uh the Hanukkah game of course is a, a riff or a spin-off I should, a spin-off on the dreidel game, right? That was that was a good play on words. So, um A dreidel um, is, it's like a spinning top, and I was trying to find my dreidel before uh, I came on today, and I couldn't, but I can find a picture, and I'm sure many people know what they look like, but let me see if I can, there it is. I have my book about all the Jewish holidays here, so for anyone who's watching. So right, it just looks like a spinning top and it has four different Hebrew letters on it. And so the traditional game um, is you spin the dreidel and then depending on what letter it lands on, you either get some money, it's usually like fake money or chocolate money, get some money, you maybe get half of the pot or you get um, nothing, one of them is you get nothing. So um, that's the traditional dreidel game. The yoga dreidel game, um, is with yoga poses. So when you spin the spinner or the dreidel, instead of, uh, the, you know, getting some of the, the money or not the money, the, each of the letters is associated with a different yoga pose. So I'm holding up a few, uh, different ones, but obviously you could pick any, uh, yoga poses that you wanted. Um, or you could even have a pile and, you know, four different piles. And each time, um, a letter comes up, you know, you, it to the next one so it doesn't even have to be the same all the time and just as a little shameless self-promotion these are my double the fun yoga cards Are available for sale on my website. Um, so, uh, so that's the the yoga dreidel game. It's pretty simple. There's if you don't have a dreidel at home, there's even online dreidels so you can spin it. Um, when I taught last year during the pandemic and um, was teaching online uh, to kids at the the DCJCC, I would screen share and just pulled up my little online dreidel and it'll spin around and make a cool noise. And then we would do the game that way. So everything's adaptable um, and it is a, a very simple game.
0: Fantastic. Well, simple games are usually the best because they're, <laughs> they're easy to adapt for different age groups and they're easy to remember the rules too. And mm-hmm. everybody has lots of fun. And I like the idea of the chance of it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, games of chance are always really, really popular. At least in my experience, it's like, and thus we have, you know, Atlantic City and Las Vegas <laughs> games yeah. of chance, we, we humans tend to love. <laughs> Absolutely. And and that's a great way of doing it. Like each of the, the, the Hebrew letters is then like either a category of poses or a, a stack of poses or four different poses or however you want mm-hmm. to adapt that. But there's enough um, flexibility there. Um, but thank you very much. That's a, that's a great, you know, in my back pocket kind of game. Mm-hmm. Just pull out and I'm excited to go find uh, an interactive uh, dreidel on my device. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I, I'll send you a link so you can awesome. add it to the resources.
0: Okay. And we yeah, we'll add it to the, the show notes. So you guys, the show notes will have an interactive dreidel that you can now, you know, just pop up and have it as a app or whatever. <laughs> your device. See, these are good resources that we need. Absolutely. All right. So, so what are some other things that you have done to um, incorporate uh, Hanukkah into either kids yoga classes or adult yoga classes?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, the game is a great one. Um, I also will do songs. So there's the dreidel song and, uh, there's a song called Hanukkah, Oh Hanukkah, um, come light the menorah. So, um, I think we can put that in the show notes too. I have pictures of myself doing different yoga poses that look like a menorah, that look like a dreidel. Um, You know, they're poses that we might call goddess pose. Goddess sort of looks like a menorah, or boat pose, sort of with your legs straight, looks like a dreidel, Um, curled up uh, in child's pose can look like either a potato latke, or another thing we eat on Hanukkah is uh, jelly donuts. Uh, So it could look like that. So finding ways again, especially for the littler ones, because music is also a great way uh, for kids to connect with yoga with uh, the holidays, of course, is adding in those yoga poses into the songs so it's something they know because Um, you know, especially if you're growing up Jewish, those are obviously very common holiday songs. But even if you're not, um, I remember when I was a kid in school, we learned the dreidel song and other songs. So even if that's not your personal background, um, you know, that kids can be invited to both sing, which is of course a form of pranayama, breathing practice, and then do the yoga
0: poses with them. Fantastic. And again, refer to the show notes people we'll have links to everything yes it's all there it's much much better than
1: me trying to do yoga poses
0: right now (laughs) yeah yeah it's like okay everybody stand up awesome we're all gonna do goddess and what about for adult classes do you do a lot of similar things do you tell the story of hanukkah how do you do that So,
1: um, you know, I try in my adult classes, to be honest, I don't teach a lot of adults anymore, sort of, I've made the journey to mostly younger humans, Um, but I, I don't because, you know, unless it's in a, you know, specifically religious context or location, um, I do a lot of talking in my classes about the winter solstice. So again, it's those same themes of, you know, darkness to light and having faith and the light returning. Um, So I feel like those practices um, are a little, a little more broad where people can connect there. And certainly people who are of the Jewish faith can connect in, in the place of, well, this is related to Hanukkah and the miracle and the light and people who aren't just have this more secular spiritual. I, I think the moon is very spiritual and I, you know, really honor a lot of those transitions as well, both the full moon and the new moon and the solstices and the equinoxes, I think are really powerful, Uh, points and places to connect with. And again, if you really stop and think about it, so many, not just of the Jewish holidays, but of Christian holidays and other religions really are connected to those same cycles as well, right? You think about Easter and the spring equinox, and it it all really links up. And so I feel like you can connect um, in that way without having to say, you know, now we're going to do a theme on celebrating Hanukkah, because that can, and you know, unless you are in a truly sort of religious context where, you know, when I teach at the DCJCC preschool, of course that is, um, you know, there can be, people have their own feelings about religion. And, and we want to make sure when we're teaching yoga as teachers that we are creating an atmosphere where everyone feels comfortable to explore their practice in a way that works for them.
0: Yeah, I like that idea of broad strokes and mm-hmm. allowing people to, as you say, meet yoga where they're at and mm-hmm. and bring their own experiences and, and beliefs and and everything that they are into their practice. And then you present themes that are universal in, in that way so that you're you're reaching the broadest amount of people in in meaningful ways to them. Yeah, I
1: will. The one thing I will say for those who may be listening who are Jewish and who are adult and want a really Jewish focused mindfulness practice, there is a rabbi who I recently became aware of, I think over the summer, and she is amazing. Her name is Rabbi Yaël Levy, L-E-V-Y. And she does she connects all the different um, so the Jewish Bible is called the Torah, and each week there's a different portion. And so she is also a great poet. Um, so she has these really beautiful, mindful poems about the Torah portions and then she gives a guided um, in her book, she gives a, you know, a guided, meditative practice related to that. And I know she does a lot of online teachings and meditations and offerings. So if anyone is looking for something for adults, that's specifically like Jewish and mindfulness, it's Rabbi Yael Levy. And I have just been, it's really honestly transformed my own personal sort of spiritual connection to being Jewish and also connecting it back to yoga and mindfulness. So
0: That's cool. That's a really great resource. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm going to go look her up. And um, yeah, yeah. that's, that's wonderful. So thank you again. Like you're just a mind, like this is just so many great resources. Thank you. Well, good. Of course.
1: I'm happy to be a resource and to share all of these great, you know, people and practices that I've sort of picked up and learned about along the way. Yeah.
0: And if anybody listening, like if you have other resources, um, in addition to what we're mentioning in our conversation today, put them in the comments, people. Like, like, let's, you know, this would be a great place for 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 some community sharing and just, you know, a lovely place to to come and get some more ideas. Thank you. All right, so I know sometimes there's sometimes pushback. As you say, we try to do broad strokes and meet people where they're at in a non-confrontational, very respectful way. But, you know, have you ever experienced any pushback um, to, um, to your faith and combining yoga, whether with it, is it within your faith community or even from people in the yoga community going, Hey, that's great. Any, any kind of friction there going on? So, you know, I personally haven't, I
1: tend to, you know, in terms of my, uh, connection to Judaism and, and that practice, I tend to travel in pretty, Liberal, more culturally Jewish circles, um, and so for me, that's all. Yoga um, has always been welcomed in, right? I teach in a, a Jewish preschool, and they obviously, you know, they hired me. They want me to to offer yoga. I also um, am a member of a Jewish humanist congregation called Beth High, which is um, based in Maryland, and is uh, humanist Judaism is. People who are Jewish but maybe or maybe don't believe in a higher power, but connect more with the the cultural and spiritual aspects of uh, Judaism without maybe the supernatural um, is is sort of a good way to describe that. And um, I've actually become a song leader in that congregation, which has been also a wonderful and transformative experience. Um, And really the rabbi there was like, well, you know, if you want to do some yoga and the music, you can do that. And (laughs) I haven't just yet, because to be honest, I, you know, I do love to sing. um, But when I have to focus on leading music, um, it's a little less comfortable for me than leading yoga, but, but I might be able to, to get there a little bit. There's Again, another great resource there is uh, a book for kids called All of Bet Yoga. Um, and I'll send you that it, Not by me, but uh, by two uh, Jewish yoga teachers. I think they're in Virginia, and they created yoga poses to go with the whole. The Hebrew alphabet is called the Aleph Bet, and so yoga poses to go with that. So maybe maybe one day I'll bring that when I'm leading songs. Um, but yeah, there's just so much crossover, and I really, I personally haven't uh, experienced any kind of pushback. Um, but I would say. Um, you know, any Judaism is a spectrum and I know a number of other religions sort of have a spectrum of, of faith and belief. And, um, so when you get to the more, I would say traditional and the Jewish, uh, faith, uh, that would be or, orthodox Judaism, you know, sometimes there can be more friction. Um, and I would honestly, uh, reach back if I did encounter that, um, to pointing, um, if someone was Jewish and worried about doing yoga, to someone like Rabbi Yael uh, Levy, and showing how that can be integrated, and you know, I think there tends to be a lot of confusion, even among non-religious people, or sometimes even especially among non-religious people, about when they come to yoga. They're like, oh. Well, is this a religion? And am I, you know, am I Hindu now? And I do in my classes actually a lot of Sanskrit mantra chanting and, you know, just finding ways to approach it, uh, whether it's um, Sanskrit mantra chanting or, you know, integrating, uh, you know, maybe a Jewish story and yoga or whatever it is, is again just making people comfortable and realize, well, no, yoga isn't a religion. You can be, any religion or no religion um, and come to yoga and find something that works for you, right? Yoga is about our body and our breath. And of course, if you think about, um, you know, the main Western religions, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, right? They, a lot, those traditions talk about like right at the beginning, there was the word and the word was God. Well, right. Word is breath and sound, right. And that's what we're, you know, we're doing that in yoga. And, um, you know, this connection to the divine that it lives in us and, you know, and again, whatever your faith is, um, that there's that piece of the divine in us, but maybe, you know, if you believe in whatever, uh, higher power or no higher power at all, there's ways to, translate um, yoga so that it feels right to everyone is my opinion yeah
0: yeah it was <laughs> a kind of a long answer but hopefully helpful yeah great and and you know take what, what serves you and be respectful of the heritage that yoga brings in but also your own heritage and find mm-hmm. find those personal connections that mm-hmm. that are meaningful to you so thank you very much that's a yeah. um, you know and, and really, it comes from a place of respect and love for all humankind. Absolutely. Now, um, in addition to Hanukkah, as you mentioned earlier, there's lots of Jewish holidays. Like Hanukkah isn't, isn't, is not isn't a major Jewish holiday. It's um, right. Um, so what are some other ways that um, or suggestions of how to celebrate respectfully and mindfully as, you know, uh, as as a non-Jewish person, it's like, how can I be mindful of the Jewish holidays? And because they're not, they're often not national holidays.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. And, and just to be aware of the, that faith community.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that the biggest holidays in Judaism come in, you know, September, October, Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year, um, or literally translates to head of the year, Rosh means head, and uh, Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. And those come in succession, the days in between are known as the days of awe, right? So you've got these this whole, right, almost two-week period, and there's actually a few more holidays that come after that. There's a long string of holidays all right in a row, but those are the two biggest ones, and the ones that you probably we hear about. Um, and, you know, it really is, you can think about in a, you know, the secular new year, right? Like this cycle, right? Of new beginnings um, and this quality of reflection, right? So what, what am I ready to let go of as this old year is ending? What am I ready to shed and release and let go? And what am I stepping into as this new cycle begins? Um, and Yom Kippur in particular, the day of atonement is a chance to uh, reflect to make amends for anything that you may have done that was hurtful. To maybe reconnect. Um, and when I think about the word yoga, right? Yoga means like to yoke, to put back together. Um, and so that idea of you know making ourselves whole, making our relationships whole, coming back to that that place of wholeness, um, kind of wiping clean whatever. I don't want to say wrongdoing, but, you know, things that may have come up that maybe were, you know, were difficult or challenging, or maybe wasn't your, you know, you weren't in that place inside your heart in that moment and giving yourself a chance to start this new cycle and to start fresh. Um, and, and, you know, just really moving mindfully, having a chance we fast, which again is a Tradition in many traditions, including the yoga tradition, right for kind of cleansing and releasing, and um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of the practices go hand in hand, and people can really use these practices of right svadhyaya self study, and that you know the place of pause and mindfulness to move us into those new cycles. So there's so much overlap. Um, I particularly if you haven't noticed, I'm very fascinated about, you know, different spiritual traditions and different religious traditions and how they really are so similar and can be, um, you know, so interconnected.
0: Yeah. You know, like you, you mentioned, Ishvari Pranid, or uh, you mentioned, um, yeah. And then I'm like, whenever I think of it, it's always like Ahimsa and Ishvari Pranidan. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, like, so your Ahimsa is your, your kindness, Is Mm -hmm. like the the basics and, you know, and then you go through all the rest of your, your yamas and your niyamas to Ishvari Pranidan, uh, which is your, you know, like your surrender. 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 Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, and when I often will be teaching this, I'm like, well, you know, if you, if you're kind and kind of fits in, but like you say, the interconnectedness, and as you study those yamas and niyamas of, um, There's so much there that aligns with a a faith practice or living an ethical life. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, okay, like, do people see?
1: It's, it's all there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's Haya, of course, right, is self-study, but it's also study of sacred texts, right? And so on these major holidays, like Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, right, we're reading the sacred text, We're doing our own self-reflection, right, about like, what have we done? Where are we going? And yeah, there's, it really is, right, the yamas and niyamas, as we were talking before, right, yoga is not a religion. And it's, it really is those ethical practices that you can see, Um, hopefully are part of all religious traditions um, really fit in and, you know, and are part of just being a spiritual and ethical person, you know, who, you know, even if you don't have a connection to a particular religion or higher power, it's all,
0: it's all there. Yeah. Yeah. Truth is truth and goodness is goodness, right? Like, okay. (laughs) All right. Well, it this has been really interesting. I've I've loved the resources. I know that for me, I'm going to be going and looking them all up and uh, expanding my repertoire and my knowledge. and uh, And I'm excited about about doing that. And so, thank you so much for sharing so so openly and and wonderfully. Is there anything else that we should know about um, having uh, celebrating a mindful Hanukkah?
1: Hmm. I don't know. I, f- I feel like, you know, it's said a lot there. Yeah, you well, can include in those notes some of those other activities for kids for sure. And um, I would say the only other thing um, is that, as I mentioned, I really connect to music and mantra practice. And so when we think about Hanukkah, again, as the festival of lights or bringing light uh, out of darkness, which of course is a big theme in yoga and uh, the symbolism, of course, of darkness as ignorance and light as enlightenment is the ma- the OM ASATOMA mantra, um, because that's all about bring me from untruth to truth, from darkness to light, from death to immortality. So if you are someone who practices yoga, um, you could do that mantra on Hanukkah as a way of Celebrating uh, symbolically uh, that return of the light, that faith. Um, so, I would say that would be another wonderful practice to add to your mindful Hanukkah toolkit.
0: Nice. Fantastic. I like that mindful Hanukkah toolkit. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. So, how do people find you and follow you and maybe even find those amazing cards that you were holding up and showing us Uh, yes so
1: um i do have a website shiningkidsyoga.com so um you can find me there uh the yoga classes that uh we offer um and you can go to the shining kids yoga store so we have the double the fun yoga cards here's a few of them um the double the fun cards are actually it's two sets of 20 cards so with kids you can play games like the matching game or the memory game or go fish or old maid I call them go yogi and um what's the other one uh go yogi and well now I can't remember it but if you buy it (laughs) the instructions for playing it are in there I also as I mentioned I love creating games um I have a game called Yoga Pose or Dare, which is technically for kids, but adults could totally play it. Um, So it's like Truth or Dare, uh, but with yoga poses and then the dares are all, they're silly things, but they're things that connect to um, different aspects of yoga, pranayama, all of the yamas and niyamas have a card um, for them and uh, movement and gratitude. So again, it's gamifying yoga in a way that, kids can connect with. Um, and I found a way to make sure that the kids actually pick the yoga poses and not just the dares. I had to add a rule in there to make that happen. Cause when you play with kids, they only want to do the dares cause dares are more fun. Um, and uh, I also have a, a book that is also a game. It came out of my pandemic uh, online teaching experience, trying to figure out what activities can I do online Uh, with the kids. And so I started coming up with little riddles and clues, and then the kids would have to guess what yoga pose they thought I was describing by doing the pose. So that turned into a book um, called Mystery Pose, a yoga guessing game. So you can find that on my website too. Thank you for letting me share about this. (laughs) Uh, If you're on Facebook, you can find uh, Shining Kids Yoga on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm not as good at at the Instagram as <laughs> Facebook. I tend to be more more Facebook centric. Um, but you can find me all of those places. Um, on the website is also a blog with lots of different resources like the Hanukkah yoga ideas and other yoga ideas. And on YouTube I have some uh kid-friendly yoga meditations. So all over the internet, um, and I would love to connect anyone who wants to know more about kids yoga or integrating yoga and Jewish holidays or music, anything at all, um, I would love to connect with you.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. It's been a delight. I'm, I'm I now, now I know somebody else that I can stay with when I go to Washington, D.C. Exactly.
1: <laughs> And there's lots to do in D.C. and lots of yoga in D.C. So
0: (laughs) thank you very much, Andrea. It's been a delight. And thanks to everybody who has been listening and watching. And um, I hope that you have a very mindful holiday season, that you take the time to pause amidst the the busyness, um, that you find some symbols that have meaning to you, and that help you renew and look to the light that it can guide you and be a source of your internal optimism of your goodness, and that you can also see the goodness and love from others. And so I so appreciate um, you joining me today, Andrea. It's been a delight chatting with you. And thanks to everybody for listening. Please like, subscribe, rate, review, do all those things because it makes, it truly makes a huge difference. Um, recently, a good friend of mine was uh, telling me how much she was sharing about um, my trauma informed course, that she was just loving it so much. And she was telling everybody about it. And it just, you know, we small business people, <laughs> it makes the world when, when somebody um, shares that they like what you've produced. And so um, I, I love your energy, Andrea, and um, I wish you all the best. Oh, thank you. And thank you so
1: much for having me, Donna. This was such a treat for us to get to do this together. Yes.
0: All right, everybody. Until next time, we'll see you.